Hey y'all. Hey y'all. Come on in. Come on in. Give yourselves a hug. You all right? You all right with me? If you are tuned in right now, I just want to let you know that you are a super dope person and this podcast was created with you in mind. And right here we have another super dope person. Her name is Shakima. Say hey Shakima. Hey. How are you today? I am Gucci. Are you happy to be here? I am so happy to be here. Thank you for stopping by. No problem. Even though you don't come to yoga. Why, why would we talk? We're not talking about yoga. <laughs> we, we are discussing me being a bruised flower. Why? Let point. me just ask this. Why don't you come to yoga? Caribbean people aren't yoga people. What? Where did we, you we come? Like, we like to fit. We like to dance. But the yoga thing? Mm-mm. What is fit? What does that mean? Fit is party. 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 We the like party to with have, the party. <laughs> we like to have party from sunup to sundown. Yoga is not it. Well, first of all, you wouldn't know that unless you came to my class. Because we have all the yoga vibes. And it's really, it's a party. The lights are dim. It's beautiful. The music is lit. Yoga over here, fit over here. Okay. East and west. Okay. They don't even meet in the middle. <laughs> one day. I'll one get you day. I'll get you one day. One but day. thank you for coming. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Um, please introduce yourself to our guest. Hi everyone. Our listeners, sorry. Hi everyone. My name is Shakima Rosa. I am a very good friend of Tanisha's client that is not yoga. <laughs> put me on the spot <laughs> but outside of that we are really good friends and I'm also a client um, I am originally from the Virgin Islands which is why I have a super strong island accent I will try to tone it down for you I am also a tax accountant and a mother of four so like I told Tanisha I have a lot to talk about I'm like an open book a lifetime movie actually so here I am so uh, let's talk you're from the VI. Yes. All right. What brought you? When did you get to the, the U.S.? So I was here in high school and then I moved back home and then I came back. I kind of did a back and forth for a while, but I originally came to the U.S. when I was 12. Mm-hmm. So I think I'm official Floridian since I've been back and forth to and from Florida from the Virgin Islands. So. What led you here? Well. (laughs) (laughs) Why are you uh, twiddling your thumbs? Well, I. This podcast was created with you in mind, a person who will share their personal stories of success and being a survivor at life and in business. So, I have very interesting parents and I had a very interesting upbringing. Mm -hmm. And because of that, I transitioned to the States. Um, I kind of don't want to get too much into my mom's personal life. (laughs) Never know who's watching a podcast. (laughs) Or who's listening. 
but you know um a lot of things having to do with my mom's life choices and lifestyle led me to living in the states um i had to kind of be away from that lifestyle i'm gonna keep it very general because again you never know who's watching my mom i just tune into this <laughs> you know like google something and see me and disclosing her personal life and be very mad so there's that um but yes i would say definitely to further my education a lot of a lot having to do with lifestyle choices of my parents that's the best i could give to that a lot of lifestyle lifestyle choices of my parents all right so your parents were thugs <laughs> i'm just playing basically okay so we're on we're on the right track but basically so how was your transition coming here from the virgin islands like you have a heavy accent still so how did children receive you here so believe it or not my first few years i felt the need to i guess fit in so i did the whole wanting to be floridian thing spoke like floridians and then after a while, I was like, this ain't me. Mm -hmm. If they don't understand me, they're just not gonna get it. And I decided that I'm gonna be myself. I find that, so I'm from the US, I was born in the US Virgin Islands, and I find that I don't understand why they don't teach in American school that you know the US owns some islands in the Caribbean. That will make life a lot easier for people like me. <laughs> so, <laughs> there's that because people ask you stupid questions like so uh, are you jamaica no offense to jamaicans <laughs> let me just say Please, no people automatically jamaicans. assume that the only <laughs> island in the caribbean is, is either jamaica or haiti so it's like you're either from one of those islands and i'm like you know that believe it or not america actually bought the virgin islands so we actually are us i didn't have to get a a green card or any other other stuff that people normally ask me so i went to that in my high school years and after a while i was just like man i'm gonna be me i'm gonna do me and if you like it great if not then not but i'm not going to pretend to be somebody that i'm not i'm very well rooted in being myself um i don't have identity issues whatsoever I don't have self-esteem issues either, but that's a different conversation. But no, I don't, I don't, you either accept me or you don't. By the way, I heard that Jamaica was the best uh, island, Caribbean island. You know? I was just putting it out there. That's what I heard, but I don't know anything about that. I mean, I've been there before, but. Uh, I'm going to let you get away <laughs> with that because of your circumstances. <laughs> However, that is a big debate because it's just one island in the many islands mm -hmm. in the Caribbean. So I'm going to let you be great. It's not my but, island. Uh, I'm if, from Cleveland. In your defense, all Jamaicans respectfully have the notion that Jamaica is the best island in the Caribbean. They're very prideful people, you know. <laughs> I, I always say to my Jamaican friends that I find that they're the most prideful island people ever. Because if they don't have their flag everywhere telling you that they're Jamaican, they're going to let you know that they're Jamaican. Well, you know what? I, I disagree. I feel like Haitian people are the are the most prideful 
from my own experience like literally flags vehicles the people they will let you know you <laughs> haitian people because they what was that they conquered um not conquered but hmm? girl what tell me the history of the no uh, the, let me stop you in your tracks yeah please. and i'm speaking about haitians okay jamaicans are the most prideful island people period okay. They remind us that they come, they are the founders of dancehall and reggae. They have all of the track stars. Tell me, tell me a track that um anybody from Jamaica that go to run who don't win. <laughs> no, like they, they they let you know, like they let you know we 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 dominate the Caribbean culture in music. We dominate the Caribbean culture in in track and athletics. They let you know. And you can find a Jamaican everywhere. You probably can find a Haitian everywhere, but you mm -hmm. definitely can find a Jamaican everywhere. So no. I mean, I like Jamaica. Don't talk about when they start talking about food and jerk chicken. Um, please. No, we you can't, know what? We can't win. Like no. we, we're just other people. No in... match for the fish. No, no. Mm -mm. Steamed so, fish with some water crackers. Oh my goodness. Tanisha, we we talking about Bruce. Oh. We, we talking about, about Bruce you right. Like we, we talking about Bruce Flores. Right. We can't talk about food. You're right. Because you'll get me hungry. Well, we can go after this and um, get some you know, fish. It's a Caribbean place right there. Again. Yeah, we're going to get some Yeah. Fish. Shout out the pineapples. Thank you, Jay, for all the one amazing fish that you provide for us here at Bruce Flowers. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, after high school, did you pursue any higher education? So, after high school, which, you know, kind of to get into the high school college thing so when i graduated shout out to family drs i went to school in tallahassee i'm a baby rattler you always be a rattler till you die <laughs> go so, rattlers go rattlers so after i i graduated in 2002 i'm old no you're not girl it's been 20 years since i graduated from high school you're looking good Shakira. beautiful you talk about so i actually graduated and i at 17 and I went to USF. So my first freshman year, I had a $50,000 scholarship at USF and my mother never lets me forget this, but I got pregnant with my daughter my freshman year. So I had to choose between staying at USF or letting her go home with my mom or me going home with her. So. I chose parenting. Really? So I, I did. Man, I wish I had that option. I got pregnant my second year. I got pregnant my freshman year and I had a decision to make. And But I mean, my mom didn't raise me. So there was no way I, I was not about to raise my kids. So in my mind, I was like, this is an easy decision. But my mom didn't approve of that decision because she was like, how are you throwing away your education? Like nobody gets a free ride through college and all that other good stuff. Um, Marcus, who we will talk about later, rest in peace. Um, he wasn't ready to move to the States and I wasn't about to be in Florida by myself with a kid. So I was just like, well, I could just transfer to school back home because there's a university back home. Mm -hmm. So as opposed to me staying in Florida, I just transferred to the university back home and I left my $50,000 scholarship, which my mother has never 
<laughs> let go. You would think that she was the one that earned the scholarship. <laughs> and like it wasn't me and my brain power that did that for how she never let it go. She still talks about it. And I have been out of high school for 20 years. Well, that might have been something that, that she... Um she desired to accomplish herself so maybe that's why good that for she... her <laughs> don't be like that I'm not, I'm not trying to be rude but i mean like like i also tell people and you will find out as we talk more about my life parenting is my most important job mm -hmm. like all the other things that i do is governed by my need to be a parent to my children and that is because my parents like i told you had interesting parents i didn't grow up with either one of them mm -hmm. so one was a i will not say which one was which one was a drug dealer and the other one was a drug addict so i didn't have them around to parent me so what watching their absence i was like whenever i have a kid this kid is going to know their mother so it was an easy decision for me to leave school everybody else around me was like what are you doing and i'm like how could i not make this decision this is my kid so. question um do you feel like since you didn't have both parents active in your life do you feel like that was well not that was but do you feel like you overcompensate in your parenting style of course i overcompensated and their dad had to overcompensate because i mean again rest in peace marcus but his parents also his parents passed away when he was three so both of us knew what it felt like to not have our parents raise wow. us so with that being said we grew up together and i always would say to him when i have a kid this kid is going to know their parents like it's not even a debate or a question it's not even a how we're gonna do it i'm not having a kid with anybody that i'm not raising the child with like mm -hmm. it's, it couldn't happen so we kind of had already had that conversation since we were like 12. hold on wait we we, we grew up together <laughs> oh like, my goodness I, we grew up together but i'm just saying like i always said from time i was a child that when i have a kid in, in my parents' absence, that I would not, there is no way I could not be there for my child. Like, I'm not missing any foundational items, like nothing. I'm like, the kid is gonna have their mother. Mm -hmm. So that. So, Marcus was your, is your child's father, your kid's father. So you had four kids, correct? So Marcus is like a one-stop shop. <laughs> <laughs> what does that mean elaborate please because marcus was my first love he was my first husband he was my first ex-husband he's a father of all the children and he's now passed away marcus rest in peace rest sorry we talked about marcus. you again but he, so that's why i say he's a one-stop shop because he's played so many roles in my life we knew each other from the time i was seven so it's, we grew up together he's just been around for a long time i never heard anybody describe their partner as a one-stop shop because it's honest <laughs> though like that's amazing it's it's honest because he was my first love he's the father of all of my children we have four of them we he was my first and only husband i don't even think i'm gonna get married I don't have any plans to get married after that. I feel like it was a one and done thing. Mm -hmm. He was a one-stop shop. 
like if you talk about things that experiences is like oh i did that with burgers you, you know what i mean like i'm not gonna parent with somebody else we like that was just a one-stop shop that's a good way to say that so since marcus has transitioned on rest in peace again marcus um how do you keep him alive uh for your children like what do you do to ensure that they never forget their father so we have a saying in my house what will marcus say <laughs> you know how they say what would jesus do yeah we have what will marcus say because aside from the fact like so my kids had an opportunity to learn their dad and know their dad but i also grew up with their dad so i had like all of these experiences like i remember when we were in the third grade and marcus punched me in the face like oh. he didn't <laughs> <laughs> that's examples like i probably punch him in the face and like i'm just saying like i can see that <laughs> like things that we went through as kids so i can always when especially our son because he not only is he named marcus he looks exactly like his dad like he does they have the same face so i can always say to them what do you think your father would say because they have enough experience with him and they have what the experiences that i have so that's kind of how we keep him alive in a lot of um conversations there's a picture of him right in the house and it feels like he's staring at us sometimes <laughs> according to them and um i i always make sure that i have conversations with them to remind them that you know your father is not here physically but he will always be with you mm -hmm. i think that's very important to instill in them especially our son because like i said they look exactly alike and he was he's the baby of the group so i have three girls and the little marcus so i think it's very important to teach them and keep their dad in their minds it was and the thing about that is like you never like i obviously did not plan to ever be parenting children by myself so mm -hmm. i think that's something that i should elaborate on more i never went into parenting i have i have all my children with just one dad and i, I just knew from the time we were children that this is what i wanted to do like make my family with him i never expected that he would never in a million years was i prepared to be on earth and he is not on earth either like i never mm -hmm. thought that I, I was never prepared for him to die which that sounds weird but we've known each other for so long that i never prepared myself for that and i saw him the day before he was killed and i was like okay well i'll see you next week i did not expect that that would be the last time i saw him so i that was a transition within itself for me like i never thought that that would happen so i had to also adjust the children to not having their dad around anymore which was a big adjustment i found in that that i had to put a lot of my emotions aside to be strong for them which was mm -hmm. very hard because yes that's their dad but like i told you marcus was a one-stop shop so i had to process all of the phases of my life that he was in because he mm. wasn't just my husband at one point like we spent so much time together on this earth like when and i say that meaning like 
we were in the same class in the third grade. I can remember that, like literally most of my childhood memories, including Marcus. So having to deal with children that were mourning was difficult. Me wanting to mourn but I can't was difficult. Me adjusting to being a single parent was very difficult because it's one thing like okay their dad lived in Orlando and I live here but excuse me not him not being around at all like it was it was as simple as Marcus your child needs to hear this from you because when I say it, they're not listening to me and then I give them the phone like that was gone like every his presence was completely gone and it was like okay what do i do next i went through that phase for a while like what do i do because now i have to raise four children by myself there's one thing where okay you like you separate but he's like gone gone i did not know what to do i had people who told me what they thought i should do <laughs> but if they didn't actually go through it can you really tell me how i'm supposed to feel like that was a lot for me to adjust to a big adjustment so do you feel like you were every day after his passing do you feel like you were kind of living outside of yourself like just floating through the day oh for a long time and you know what's interesting i i was too mad i'm i'm i've learned a lot since marcus passed away I learned a lot about myself. Mm -hmm. I learned a lot about dealing with my emotions because like I said, one stop shop. So a lot of my emotions was wrapped around just dealing with him and our relationship, our children, all of that stuff. So when he passed away, I didn't know what to do with myself for a while. Like I really just knew that, okay, you have to take care of the children. They have to be taken care of. You have to be strong. You still have to work. You still have to function because you're their only parent. Like there's not a fallback on their dad. You're their only parent. Mm -hmm. So that was a lot for me to take in. Well, what we're gonna do now is take a deep inhale. Now very mindfully, without disturbing our mics too much, I feel like you can connect with Marcus right now and give him a hug by hugging yourself. Wrap your arms around your body. Think about Marcus and all the beautiful and wonderful experiences you guys had together. All those beautiful children you had together. Thank you, Marcus, for all of that. Thank you. You know, I was going to say that when Marcus died, I, I could not... I, when you said about me stepping outside of myself, it was mm -hmm. to the point where I went to his funeral and I saw him and I, I couldn't cry. Like I, like I was so focused on, I have to take care of these children. Like I did not even have the opportunity to mourn at all. Like I, I was so focused on, oh my God, I have to do this by myself. Like I stayed there for like a good year in my in my mind. Mm -hmm. But I went back home 
probably like a month ago and I went to see him and all of the crying that I did not do for the last two years happened. Like I was I was at the at his gravesite. So he was buried in the Virgin Islands? Yes. Okay. He went back home. And I was at his gravesite and I I feel like that was just me and him. And I let all of the tears that I have been holding in for two years, because it's been two years, I let all of them out. I didn't even plan to, to cry, but I feel like I was holding on to that for so long because I did not have the chance to mourn because I was busy be trying to be strong for everybody. Mm -hmm. And I literally was like, oh my God, I wonder how his sister feels. Oh my God, the children are not okay. Like I was so worried about everybody else and their, how they're dealing with it that I didn't really deal with it. And I'm happy that I got a chance to do that two years later. Mm -hmm. So question, another question. I know there's a lot of questions, but do you feel like visiting the gravesite or, you know, going to the gravesite to visit every so often is therapeutic or is it more of a reminder of the person not being here anymore like which one that's a very good question because honestly honestly when i went home back to the virgin Islands for marcus's funeral i vowed never to go back there like i was like i'm never coming back here even though that's where i was born and raised i'm like i am never coming back here because I felt like it would be too painful mm -hmm. but then when I went back home I was like I can't not go to see him like I cannot come all the way and I was only home for a day and I literally was like I can't not go see him and then when I did I just like it was bad like when I tell you there was this random guy in the graveyard, I don't know why he was there. Maybe he was there as a <laughs> godsend because I was like mm. literally on the floor and I didn't even plan to do that. I was on the floor just bawling my face off and this random guy just came and said, it's going to be okay, you know. And I was like, where that he came out of nowhere. I didn't see him coming. All I know, I was just like, man. But I, I don't know if I could do that again, to be honest. I know that I know that if I go back home, I will feel the urge to do it. But I don't know if I could do it again. It was very painful. It was like, a re like I know I live in, I'm here and I know that he's gone because I can't pick up the phone and call him. Mm -hmm. But like visiting his grave was like a reality check for me. Like he's really not here. So I don't know. I don't know if I could. I don't know. The kids haven't been back to after. I don't even think they are strong enough to do that. But no, I try to keep it. I think that's like a morbid space. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if I could do it again. The big question, the very tough question. Do you consider yourself a Bruce Flower or something close to it? Definitely a bruised flower. Um, you just only got one petal from me today. <laughs> we'll There's have like you back so on. many more petals of me, but that was just one petal. It's like a big petal, but same way, just one. Ooh, that's a bar right there. Hold on, that's a a petal of me. Wow, I like that. 
so give us give us another petal of you so um on a much lighter note <laughs> um being a mom a single mom i decided to pour in a lot into my career so i think i kind of touched on this earlier i'm not sure but i'm a tax accountant um i have been a tax accountant for the past 16 years despite my mother's thoughts i finished college she made sure clap, and clap, told clap, me clap, she clap, was clap, like clap. you will never finish college yes ma'am i did it <laughs> i remind her about that too every now and again. <laughs> trust me but um i did my degree in accountancy and i used to want to be an attorney so tax accounting is like a happy medium my mom's an accountant so there's how the accounting part came in so it was like a happy medium between being an accountant because that's what she wanted me to do and being an attorney because that's what i wanted to do so here i am so i um i pour myself a lot into my career i found that i think i told tanisha this before like i found that caribbean parents are like I can't speak well about the rest of the Caribbean, but the <laughs> British Virgin Islands, because my mom is British. The British Virgin Islands, most of the the career paths that they push you towards would be either accounting or finance. So I kind of had that scripted for me, I feel like, because that's all my mom talked about. And coming here to the States, I don't find that a lot of african americans pursue tax accounting so i'm usually the, the only one in my department and i've been through or in the company <laughs> at my job like i don't find a lot of african americans pursue tax accounting even though it's a very lucrative sure profession they say all two things are sure in life death and taxes so you would think, yeah. you know, like people will pursue it, but no, I'm usually, I'm usually the, um, the representative in that regard. Um, but I found that I am not the norm in the sense of, and I hear this a lot too, because I had my children really young. Um, I think I had them while I was in college and I still have a career. So I am actually, aside from going through all of that, I'm actually really corporate. So I, like I said, I've been in tax accounting profession for the past 16 years. Um, I work for a multi-billion dollar company. I will not say the name. Please don't. I will not. Um, prior to my working for that company, I've worked for big four companies. I work with Ernst & Young. Anybody in the accounting world knows that um, Big four is the way to go if you want to have a great career. So I did um, with Ernst & Young for a few years. So you to were kind top of dog. I mean, <laughs> I, know, I know a lot about taxes. I'll say that. I know a lot about taxes. Um, I was an auditor before with the Department of Revenue. I have a very well-rounded accounting, tax accounting background and career What's with the four children. Mm. All right, what is one piece of advice that you can give everybody, especially African-American people, about accounting and taxes? I want to not be the only black person in the room 
So it's a great profession. It's a very <laughs> paying profession. Mm -hmm. It's a very paying profession. I would really love to see more African-American people pursue tax accounting. I know it's hard. You either hate taxes or you love them. I know it's hard, but it is a very lucrative profession. It's, taxes are not going anywhere. Mm. So I there's that. Since I've been in business, I have found a great appreciation for taxes and the strategy behind taxes and the people who are actually doing the taxes mm. and the strategist that's coming up with the strategy for the taxes. So thank you for being an accountant. <laughs> thank you for doing that. So mm. I, I totally agree that more of us should um, invest into tax education and I'll have maybe maybe you can come up with the course that you can in, inspire some other people to you know maybe get into taxes I mean I'll come to your class and I'll pay full price so if you really want the community or African-Americans or people in general to learn more about taxes and get excited about them would you ever consider that I will consider doing classes but the thing about that is like there are many there are so many levels to taxes because you have individual taxes, mm -hmm. then you have small business taxes, then you have corporate taxes, you have sales taxes. Like there are so many levels. Lucky for me, I've dabbled in all of those tax types in my career. So that has also allowed me to be able to kind of move fluidly in my company because I can do both income tax and sales tax. But if I were to talk about teaching a tax course, it would definitely be individual and small businesses. I feel like that's very important for mm -hmm. people to know. For, for example, you know, you see the sign when you're driving by where it says you have three children, you get back like certain amount of money. Uh -huh. Those signs annoy me to my core. So I would like to start there by saying, you're, it does not, it's not depending on how many children you have. It's about how much money you make because I can assure you, I don't get, I don't get a tax return. I don't get back a refund and I have four children and everybody looks at me like, you don't get a refund. No, I wish I did all the signs that you see. That's not true. <laughs> not true. But, um, Definitely, and I think for small businesses, I would definitely consider teaching a course because I think it's important for a small business owner to know what they're getting themselves into because I feel like there are a lot of people that know, like they have business ideas and they know they want to do a business, but like the logistics of it, they really don't know. A lot of things I feel like they don't know also, like maybe something as simple as paying estimated taxes mm -hmm. that helps excuse me if they have an idea of what they're doing then they, they would not be taken advantage of mm -hmm. by other tax preparers which i also hate to see that happens a lot where people who don't know about taxes or they don't know about some of these things they might spend like three thousand dollars throwing out a number to just pay to have their taxes done. Sometimes people charge them based on the refund that they're getting back and it's like, really, if you knew better, you would not do that. Mm. So yeah, I, I would. All right, so um, I can 
put you down and set a date for you to come in and do some training with my beauty team. Beauty dot dot dot. Shout out to beauty dot dot dot. Shakima has agreed to come and provide us with some tax education and I'm so excited because all of us will be multimillionaires and when it begins with taxes. And she put me on camera, so at this point, I can't That's what even you have say to I'm do. not going to do it. You got to put him on camera. You said it there. Look at the camera. Taxes. I'll teach you all a thing or two. Yay. I'm so excited. I'll commit. Okay. Let me get a pound. I, I will not get be a committing to yoga, <laughs> but I'll commit to taxes. All right. That's a, we can find a happy medium. Happy I'll medium. rather um, save money than you come to yoga. But not really. I want you to get the all around, the all around experience of everything. But yoga, I won't force it on you. Yoga, yoga is beautiful, but it's not a fit. Like the music is too tranquil for fit. And I am a fit. What did I say? It party says, sweat. Party sweat. Music <laughs> fit. You you literally did not wear a shirt. Has that on it? No, I did actually intentionally. <laughs> intentionally, I intentionally because I said, you know, I want them to see fit and ask what that is, and I can just bubble on about my wonderful Caribbean lifestyle. Beautiful. So, you just said a word right now that just struck something. You said intentionally. Mm -hmm. So, hmm, mm -hmm. since we're doing things intentionally, tell me one, one word or one one word or one action this year 2022 that you would do intentionally just one word think about it real quick that i would do intentionally in that you would do intentionally in 2022 fit <laughs> <laughs> that was easy i have my fits planned in my mind and no i i to the Marcus thing, bring that home. Marcus was a party animal. Like he lived life, he loved life. He was such a vibrant person. So after he passed away, I found a newfound passion to live my life mm. unapologetically. So with that being said, for 2022, I'll be going to Orlando for carnival. I will definitely be going to Miami for carnival and pray that I don't have a mishap. Can you take me with you? Girl, yes. I've never been to Carnival. My friend Joanna, she used to go to Carnival all the time. Well, honey, you you have a fetter as a friend because <laughs> we have a name. And I plan to have a great time and live my best life in 2022. Can I wear clothes or do I have to dress up um, for the festivities? So I'm going to make sure you wear clothes because I'm not trying to get in trouble. Okay. So I'm going to make sure that you're dressed. Okay. But I, I mean, I've been getting my body I, together. I think I, I think I can roll with you out there. Mm -hmm. What you think? I think I'll make sure you have on some clothes. Okay, I'll put on I'll put on a top. Yes, you put on a top. I, on I, top. I might not put on some clothes, but <laughs> <That's> not... <laughs> you will be dressed. All right, you will be dressed. I'll be so dressed. I'm like, mm -hmm. all right. So last question, one word to describe yourself as a single mother. Survivor that is my word i will not say resilient i feel like survivor has a lot more Sense? emphasis to it why survivor why you choose that word specifically 
okay resilience is one thing surviving like surviving is deep i know you talked about being a bruised flower and i saw this on your last podcast where you talked about you know a flower going through storms Mm -hmm. but the flower is actually surviving because it could blow away it could die it's surviving whatever comes its way Mm -hmm. that's the beauty of a bruised flower well me being a bruised flower i've survived things that the average person would not survive and not only do i survive them i come out stronger i come out better i look at the experiences it makes me a better wiser stronger survivor so that's why i chose my work shakimi you are beautiful i'm so pleased (laughs) with this episode thank you for blessing us miss survivor thank you for sharing your story and i will love to have you back to put some more petals <laughs> to, to finish up this flower so hey. if you want to come back please let me know whenever you're ready I, we can like have i told chat. you i am a lifetime movie so we only just scratched the surface mm. all right well we're gonna put a pin in that and we'll check you guys out next tuesday all right later